So I have a very uh, active imagination. I daydream constantly. And I have my favorite daydreams. And one of my favorite daydreams is uh, it involves me being a retired uh, professional baseball player. Um, the the scenario is is usually that I have, for one reason or another, retired uh, because uh, of a of a family need. Um, the, I think the most common one is that my family is just tired of me being away, and they're tired of me, uh, you know, traveling so much, and you know, being a damn good baseball player. I've I've made my share of money, so you know. You know, d- Daddy, honey, can 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 you come home? Can you just we we want you home? Well, after I retire, the team inevitably because they don't have Matthew Terry playing third base, uh, they tank. They they don't do very well. They they're struggling, and the fans begin uh, sending letters and emails and and social media posts. Asking my family, like, like we know you want him home. We we know that you love him so much, but we need him. Please, 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 can we have him back? And I always uh, envision the vignette on Sportsnet here in Canada, because um, I'm playing for the Toronto Blue Jays, of course. And and the vignette shows my wife and son reading these letters. And at the end, I I walk into the into the picture, and I crouch down and I look at them both and I say, "Are you sure about this?" And they say, "Yeah, go get them." And then that's when they're making the announcement that Matthew Terry is coming back to play third base for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, maybe to the not to that magnitude. Maybe not that exact scenario. But my wife for the past year has been dealing with uh, with health issues. And that's the main reason that uh, that it's time to fight took a hiatus. And... To be honest, for the longest time, I didn't even really think about it. I just thought about my wife, and I thought about what she's been going through. And after a while, I started to miss it. And more and more and more people started messaging me or tweeting to me, when are you coming back? Why why did you stop doing the podcast? Wish you would come back and do the podcast. Huge fan of the podcast. When are you coming back? And I, I started getting more and more and more itchy, and my wife started seeing it more and more and more on social media. When when are you coming back? And she said, why don't you go do your podcast? Why don't you get back to doing the podcast? And I, before, before I got on today, I literally looked at my wife, and I said, you're okay with this, right? And she said, yeah, go ahead. So thank you to each and every one of you out there who 
first off, reached out about my wife. You, none of you have ever even heard my wife's voice. But I want to thank everybody who reached out to me to ask about her, to support her, to, uh, to send your well wishes. Thank you to each and every one of you. But I also want to thank everybody for calling me back and, and telling me, Matt, your podcast meant something. I miss it. I want it. Bring it back. It may not be all the pomp and circumstance, ladies and gentlemen, but ladies and gentlemen, the podcast is back. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button more than any other time. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets. So if you guys are uh, are ready to get this going, I got a podcast all set up for can, but, can uh, I say one more thing? Of course you can. Okay. I got to plug 1millionblocks.com. Guys, we are trying to get 1 million uh, Danish death bricks, L3GO blocks. <laughs> and uh, we're going to put on the craziest, biggest, dumbest wrestling match in history. And you can be part of history. Either send us your blocks and we'll sanitize them and bleach them before they're used. Or you can go on uh, 1millionblocks.com and there's links to our wish list and you can actually buy some blocks. There's a company called Lucky Doug, which makes really cheap blocks. And uh, we've been getting a bunch of those. I think they should be our sponsor. I think it should be the Lucky Doug Deathmatch. But I digress. Go to 1millionblocks.com. Support this shit. Um, You're going to be part of this match. Like You are part of this fucking match. You send us blocks. I'm putting your name on them. They're going to be in the match. So basically, somebody falls on that shit, they get hurt, you hurt them. It's your fault. Come on, have fun with us. One million blocks.com. From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one man gang. You're listening to a book. Do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight! Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matthew Terry. This is the It's Time to Fight podcast. Once again, thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I I, I wanted to play a, a, a song to commemorate it, but I, I I you know in my head I'm thinking of the Eric Bischoff like I'm back. I hate that song, and I thought like back in black because I wear black a lot for some reason because I'm not really I don't really like black. Um, but I, I'm not a fan of that song. So just, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. Here I am. Thank you so much. I, I've, I've already uh, thanked you all uh, at the top of the show. I wanted to get that out of the way first and foremost. Um, so he, here we are. Here we are. It's uh, it's March 2nd, 2021, and uh, I have Mike Roch on the show today. Uh, I'm going to get to my interview with him uh, in just a moment. Um, I, I've gotten, uh, on social media, you can follow me personally on social media. I'll just get this out of the way. You can follow me personally on social media at announcer Terry. 
Uh, obviously, that's on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow the show at uh, Time to Fight Pod. Again, that's on Twitter. Uh, you can email me. You can email the show, time to fight pod at gmail.com. Um, I, I got a little bit of a, a pushback. Um, I, I've said it. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, I don't know why I keep getting pushback uh, about AEW. Um, people keep saying, well, Matt, you hate AEW. You hate AEW. And I keep saying, and I guess it's it's getting very, very frustrating that I have to keep saying I don't hate AEW. It's just AEW has not done anything to draw me in. And I don't say that in angry tone. The only reason my tone is getting angry is because everybody keeps talking about how I hate AEW. And it's just AEW has never done anything that makes me tune in. I follow AEW. I read the recaps of AEW. I read the news on AEW, but there is nothing that has made me. I, I'm going to tune into that. I I got to I got to check that out. Um, the 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 signing of Paul White that's going to come close because I've always been a Paul White fan ever since he was the giant in WCW and he was that huge. You know, you need ten sledgehammers and the U.S. Navy. To, to defeat this guy, just this huge monster. And I've always loved the huge monsters, and I was a fan of the Giant. Um, when he went to WWE, he kind of lost that mystique, that uh, that huge monster mystique. But, you know, the guy is so flipping, sorry, fucking, because ah, I can swear on this podcast. Um, he's just so so charismatic that, you, I again, i just a huge, huge fan of his. Um. But as, as as I mentioned on another podcast, I'm worried about what they're going to do with uh, Big Show. I'm just going to kind of or Paul White. That's going to take some getting used to. Um, I'm kind I'm kind of worried only because for two things. Number one is Paul White going to walk in and is he going to be just like this bottom of the card or you know top of the bottom of the card guy, or is he going to be a main eventer? And there is an argument that he wasn't a main eventer when he was in WWE, like that he finished. Um, I, I, I disagree. You know, he, he showed up and I think one of his last matches, or I, I'm not, I don't think, I know one of his last matches was against Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. And there was a lot of people who said, why is the big show in there against Drew McIntyre for the WWE title? And people responded with, well, he's the big show, which exactly, he's the big show. You know, he's the big show. That's the only reason that he's getting the title shot. Yes, because he's the big show. No, I don't think anybody thought that he was going to win the title, but everyone, like he's the big show. So is he going to walk into AEW and is is he is he just going to be the top of the bottom of the card? Or, you know, once uh, Moxley and Omega finish the thing that they're doing, do you think one of them is going to come out and say, like, you know what, Paul White, you're on the roster now. I got to beat you. I, I just I'm scared that it's going to be the former, and the other reason I'm a little worried is because you know it's been well documented. Paul White has a a weight problem. He looks amazing right now, absolutely amazing. I don't know how much WWE, you know, directly had to him losing the weight, but I know that it was WWE who at one point sent him down because they said like he's 
you know, you you, you got to lose this weight. You got you got to get yourself in shape. I know that that was a big concern of WWE. So if Paul White has a bit of a slip, if he if he uh, you know he, he eats a little much, he puts on a few pounds, and he walks into the AEW locker room and says, ah, you know, I've I've put on a few pounds. You know, with the mentality that, you know, the that's, I guess, been documented with AEW being kind of like the genteel, more players coach type of environment, it sounds like that they'll be like, ah, dude, it's a couple pounds. You look great. You know what? A couple pounds is not going to hurt you. Because if you tell that to a fat guy and take it to take it from a fat guy, when you hear it's just a couple pounds, it's no big deal, then you tell yourself, that's just a couple pounds. It's no big deal. And then you have no problem putting on a couple more pounds, putting on a couple more pounds, putting on a couple more pounds. So that, that's that's my little diatribe about why I'm, I'm worried about Paul White. Um, but I'm, I digress. Uh, I was talking about how I don't hate AEW. I just don't. There's nothing that I see that makes me search them out. I don't even search out YouTube clips. I, I shouldn't say that. I have. Um, but nothing. I, I tuned into a little bit of the Brody Lee um, a tribute show only because of my love for, for Brody, uh, both personally and professionally. Um, but I, I get, I, I just, there's nothing, even that I, I kind of, I stopped halfway through just because I, uh, I just wasn't getting into it. And then I went back and watched the rest. And anyway, so what, what what I what I'm getting pushback on is these uh, observer awards that came out, and on social media, everyone's like, "Well, what do you think of AEW kind of, you know, kind of running the board of the positive and WWE running the board of the negative?" And I said something to the effect of, um, "The the congregation is going to worship uh, the god." or the entity that the church dictates. And everyone's like, oh, well, that's just because you hate AEW. No, it's not. It's it's really, really not. It's it's If you listen to this show, as I said, I'm not a fan of AEW. I'm not a fan of WWE either, just in case uh, I got some new listeners. Like, now I'm, I'm on a couple more networks. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Uh, yeah, the uh, I'm, I'm so happy to be expanding this podcast. Um, but to, to those that are listening, I'm not a WWE fan either. I don't watch WWE. I follow it. Again, I, I read the news. I read the recaps. Um, but nothing makes me want to tune into WWE either. I am a, a Ring of Honor guy. I'm a Chikara guy. Uh, I'm an independent guy. Uh, that's that's kind of where where I go. Um but and that's what I mean. Like tuning into this podcast, I am going to praise Ring of Honor. I'm going to praise uh, a lot of the independent uh, promotions. Uh, I'm going to praise Impact Wrestling, uh, even though again, Impact Wrestling, I don't really tune into. Uh, I follow it and uh, I, I I search out a lot of YouTube with Impact. Um, so you, you'll hear me praise those. So I don't know if the Observer Awards are handed out by a committee or if it's voted on or if uh, if Dave Meltzer just, you know, sits in his office and says, oh, this is this was a good one. Yeah, this one sucked. Oh, this was a good one. This one sucked. Uh, I don't know how that works. 
But in any case, because of that church, you are going to worship the entity that that church dictates. Um, I hope I said that correctly. So it, it's not a, it's not a knock on AEW. It's not a knock on Dave Meltzer. It's not a knock on the on the awards. Uh, I don't think. Do I think it was fair? Not really. Only because I don't think it was opened up to a a, a wide enough um, a wide enough demographic, a mixture of demographic. But again, I could be totally wrong. I don't know. I don't know Dave Meltzer. I don't know uh, the people that work for him. I don't. I wasn't asked to vote. Uh, I don't know who was asked to vote. If someone was asked to vote, I don't know any of this. So I could be totally off and totally wrong. By all by all means, call me on it. You know, tweet me. You know, uh, burn me. Whatever. What is it? I I can't I can't think of the term. Just you know, attack me. I don't care. I really don't care. Uh, I don't get too uh, I don't get too um, out of sorts about mean tweets. I really don't. Um, if any attention is good attention, I suppose. Uh, so that's that's kind of my little diatribe as far as uh, the Observer Awards, and that's my answer. I know I'm sitting here saying, well, you don't care about people hating, but you're talking about it on your podcast. I needed something to talk about. Um, I needed. I, I didn't want to just go right into Mike Roch. Uh, oh my God! I just said that out loud. I just didn't want to go right into Mike Roch. Right into Mike Roch. You want want me to talk about? No, you don't want me to talk about Mike Roch, but you do want me to talk about Mike Roch. Um, I'm I'm not gonna get too much into like this grand introduction because. I uh, I tickle his taint, you know, two minutes in, uh, just a, two minutes in. I I I and I'm not blowing smoke up his ass, but I'm kind of tickle his taint a little bit. Um, he he's a, a very creative, very um, very innovative guy. Uh, great ideas. Uh outside the box, fearless to put it in front of people and say, like, this is my flavor of ice cream. If you want to eat it, great. Sit down and, and let's eat some ice cream. If you don't like it, you know, there's there's another ice cream stand just over there. Uh, but you're always welcome here at our at uh, Interspecies Wrestling's ice cream stand anytime you want to uh, stop by. But uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into the grand introduction because uh, we do talk about... Um, I talk, I talk about my admiration for him. We talk about our interactions in the past. And uh, we talk about um, little colored, bumpy pieces of plastic. I, I'm not quite sure what I can and cannot say. But we explain that as well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is my, uh, my chat with uh, Interspecies Wrestling's Mike Roch. Mr. Woods, can you hear me? Yeah, I was on mute. I just noticed. What's up? <laughs> Not much yourself. I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain. Wonderful. Uh, sorry, I <laughs> sorry I had to delay there for a second. When my son realized that I wasn't doing what I said I was doing, he pulled me aside to play a video game. Oh, no, that's okay. That happens. Yeah. Lego, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, which game was it? Uh, Lego Worlds. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He... Um, he started watching Daddy playing his video games, and um, he watched me uh, play Far Cry, 
Oh, nice. Yeah, he's five. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but I was not really I, a Far Cry age. <laughs> no, it's not a Far Cry age at all. But I was walking around. I knew I was in a safe zone. Like I knew nothing was going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he said, Daddy, can I walk around? I said, sure, buddy, walk around. So he walked around and, you know, he found this and he found that. And I knew he was in a safe area. But every once in a while, he's like, Daddy, can I play the flashing game? Because he knows he can interact with the flashing stuff. So uh. eventually he got into a situation where I could tell something was about to happen. So I took over for him and it wasn't a big fight, but it was a fight nonetheless. Mm. And then the next day I picked him up from the, from the bus stop and he goes, daddy, can I play that game and make things blow up? And oh, I was like, no. yeah. And I was like, all right, buddy, that's yeah. We can't play that anymore. So he kept saying, daddy, please, please. I like the flashing game. Please, please, please. Can I, I won't get into the fight. I promise. And I just kept saying, no, no, no. And then I, um, PS4 had a huge sale and I just saw a bundle of Lego games and i'm like that's what i need <laughs> yeah for sure like those are good games for kids uh oh, yeah. my nephews my nephews just turned six and he plays uh he plays a lot of things he plays spongebob there's a spongebob game that's really fun for kids uh, i i'm starting to find these there's uh he he was into paw patrol we had that for a while but he lost interest and ryan's uh, world do you know what ryan's world is oh god i hate that kid oh god yeah, <laughs> that that Ryan's world is parents exploiting their child to make twenty eight million dollars a year. OK, so <laughs> let me speak on that. Um, I can't remember why I went to their website, like the company website. Ryan okay. is nowhere on it. It says Ryan's really? world and it's, you know, there's all these logos and stuff in the background. His parents are all over the fucking thing. But Ryan, oh. there's no pictures of Ryan, and there's barely any mention of him. But his parents are Well, they everywhere. got in trouble with YouTube. They got in trouble with YouTube. They did? Because, when? Yeah, because you're not allowed to directly market to kids. Like, um, they were doing reviews of products that they got for free and aiming it towards children. And you're not allowed to do that for some reason. So they got in a lot of shit. Yeah, I remember like you have to be distinctive if it's a commercial or not, and they weren't being distinctive yeah. enough. I remember something about that. Yeah, they got in trouble. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> All right then. He's he's still into the Ryan thing, so I I don't I don't oppose Ryan too much, especially since he likes doing the experiments. That can't be all bad. Oh yeah, that's cool. As long as he's not into Blippy, because Blippy sucks. Oh my god, he was into Blippy. He he I was murder that man. Oh my god! And apparently, like the guy used to be a marine, a marine. So good on him. But he also used to do like he was uh, a gross-out comedian who did like uh, videos of, of him shitting. Yes, yes, yeah. I I heard that. And uh, me and Angelina Love, we, uh, when uh, when I did a podcast with her, somehow we just started talking about our kids, and I mentioned Blippy, and she goes, "I don't know what a Blippy is," and I said, mm. "Well, you know, check it out." Count then, your lucky stars. What's that? Uh, she needs to count her lucky stars. Yeah. She doesn't know who Blippi is. Yeah. I asked her later. I said, did you ever check it out? And she said, I watched one of the videos. I haven't shown it to my kid. <laughs> no, so. he's an annoying piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> B-L-I-P-P. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it teaches kids how to spell his name but yeah. other than that like there's nothing educational about it. it's like hey look i'm gonna play with these toys in my new shoes it's like dude shut the fuck up yeah like and i'm gonna go to play world in las vegas and yeah <laughs> look there's a truck okay yeah there's a truck all it makes there's a place down here called zippy zoom it just makes my son want to go to zippy zoom oh my god that's it <laughs> so anyway uh thanks for doing this hey man thanks for having me um i mentioned earlier how uh, i can't remember my wording whether i was embarrassed or i know i said i was in awe and stuff nervous or something nervous or something and there there is some truth to that um the great thing about uh starting to do this show i am so fucking introverted that i don't ask i don't talk to people Right. Or I don't ask questions, or I don't have conversations because I'm introverted. The pandemic is really bad for introverts too, because they're just like they're not going to be able to adjust to the world again, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but I I am a huge fan of yours. I oh. I don't know if you really know that. Well, I appreciate that. But uh, the thing was that um, I I don't want to. I don't know if the word is jealous. Because I consider myself a creative guy, and I create—I consider myself a outside-the-box creative guy. <laughs> and then I saw ISW, and I'm like, "Oh my god, my stuff ain't shit!" Like, you know, I—I <laughs> I don't even think I consider myself creative anymore. I think that I just have a me- mental illness, and I exploit it. Oh, <laughs> do you mean that seriously? <laughs> yeah, I do mean that seriously. So, like, okay, ISW, interspecies wrestling. Yep. Are are you the creative brain behind this? That's me. That is that is me. Because like you do have like partners who kind of run the thing, but you're no. the creative guy. Uh, right now, it's just me running it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, everybody else has uh, gone on to do their own thing. They've had kids and whatnot. So for the since like 2018, I've basically run it myself. All right. Um, I've had like partners. Uh, we put on a show in conjunction with a. Uh, like a vintage toy show, which was pretty cool. That's when I had partners. Okay. But other than that, it's been me. Like uh we we did our big show WrestleMania weekend. That was that was the that was the first time it was like one hundred percent like me. It was me and my wife. We ran that thing and put like our life savings into it and somehow came out on top, which was amazing. <laughs> so how old is Interspecies Wrestling? This is the sixteenth year. Like we started in the summer of 2005, and yeah. uh, uh, unfortunately, due to COVID, we didn't get to celebrate our 15th year last year. So we're hoping that things clear up, and by August, we can celebrate Sweet 16. Well, I, because I, I, when I actually stopped and thought about it, because like I've been living in the Niagara region now for 15 years, and like, right, yeah, and you guys had just started not long before I, I left. Right. And it's just like, wow, like, I can't believe it's that old. Yeah, I, I honestly can't believe it. I can't believe I've been doing this as long as I have, like, even like pre ISW, just like being involved with other promotions and stuff. It's it's crazy. You know, like, I, I forget a lot of the things I've done. And then I'll be sitting there one day and I'll just, oh, shit, like, I did do that. And I did meet that person. And, oh, I, I did go to dinner with this person who's super fucking famous now. Like, it's it's pretty wild. Well, yeah, like, and and what's also wild is like I see guys like Kevin Owens and um, oh my god, his face just flashed in my head. But regardless, 
and the or uh, let's even say Everize. And I see yeah. these guys, and I'm just like, holy fuck! Like these are <laughs> these are guys that I'm watching not not just on ISW but CPW and things like that, and just like yeah. like holy shit. <laughs> yeah, ISW, CPW, C4, like they've they did the entire loop around here. Like yeah, you know, um, IWS, you know, like yeah, it's pretty wild to see all these guys from our area aren't just now like fucking superstars. So, yeah. Like, and you know. oh, and yeah, like you, and then as you say, like you, so many guys that came through, like just otherwise, like guys that were just indie darlings to you know coin a term, and yeah. now you know there they are, and you're just like, and and as you said, you're just like, well, I I've I've had drinks with this guy, I've I've right. ridden in a car with this guy, and yeah, yeah. I sleep over with this guy, I went to a strip club with this guy. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, like, okay, like Luke, just Luke Harper, just uh, or sorry, um, Brody Lee, sorry, yeah, uh, just passed away. Yeah, and there's another guy that did the loop, and yeah. Yeah. there's there's a guy who um, the very first time I ever met him, I was ring announcing, and he bumped me out of the ring. Like I I wasn't watching, <laughs> and I went to say something to the referee, and the referee bailed, and then I kind of turned back to say, well, why is the referee bailing? And oh, Brody's no. heading towards me, so he bumps me like he he wasn't going to stop for the ring announcer right so he bumps me out and then after the show and i had not said a word to this guy so i didn't know anything but he walks up to me and he goes hey dude you know sorry i i did that and he says i couldn't stop and i said no 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 like it's all good i should i should pay closer attention yeah he's so a, then, he was a he was a great great guy yeah and then after that my wife walks up to me she was at the show and she's like i want to talk to that big guy like with this oh big, no with this big smile on her face and i'm like yeah whatever and she's like he hurt my husband so oh, no. oh and then it was actually i went to the back and then brody apologized to me and i said hey no no biggie i said actually can you do me a favor and so i opened the curtain i said you see that woman right there oh my god i said that's my wife and she says she wants to have words with you so he goes out and he just walks up to her and goes i understand you want to have words with me so she turns around and she's like, you knocked down my husband. And Brody puffs up and goes, your husband needs to get out of my fucking way. Oh, my God. And my wife just goes, OK, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and when she turned, she saw me laughing and she just looked at both of us and she's like, you're both fucking assholes. <laughs> oh, man. You're both sleeping on the couch tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah. So and then when the first time he was on NXT my wife was sitting on the couch and she goes, Oh my God, that's him. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, isn't that the coolest? Like my mom still talks about how, like when evil Uno was really young, he used to stay at my place all the time and he would eat all of the cereal. Like, <laughs> so my mom referred to him as the cereal killer. And like, she still calls him that she called him that at my wedding, like a few years back. Like he's always going to be the cereal killer to her. Not, you know, AEW superstar evil Uno. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but th there's another guy that, uh, like, how long did they tread water? And all of a sudden, like, boom, there they are. I don't think they ever treaded water, you know, like, well, uh, I don't, I don't want to say tread water, but they just didn't get like, they, well, they, they, they did had, the ring of honor and they were doing they had border issues. And that's what thwarted their whole ring of honor thing. Like they, they blew up in PWG and everything. They were getting crazy over, you know, like, I think they probably would have gotten somewhere sooner, but the whole border issue fucked them over just like it did with like speedball Mike Bailey. His border ban is is just about to end, and I'm sure that somebody's going to sign him like immediately. I I had no idea that they had border issues. Yeah, the Smash Brothers. Yeah, 
I had absolutely no idea that 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 explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they were just trading water and like they just didn't quite fit. No, they had border issues. Quite a few guys have border issues right now, and it really sucks. Yeah, and actually, I remember when uh, EverRise did their like they they did like their NXT. I don't want to say tryout, but they were like they just did like a one spot thing. Was that when they were in the camp and they then they aired they they streamed the camp that they were in. Like, uh, well, I think they did the camp, but then they did like a match and just like their oh, charis- yeah, 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 against uh, the revival, FDR, yeah. and like, yeah. the, but their charisma just everybody just latched onto them, yeah. When when Matt started chanting defense, yes, <laughs> so great. And I remember at that time thinking, like, you know, good for them, like, I only met them a couple times, but you know, great right. guys. But I remember thinking at that time, just like, but like Uno and and uh, and Stupefied, or sorry, uh, ah, don't. Or, we don't ever call him Stupefied. Never I'm again. Sorry. That name was awful. <laughs> anyway, the Dark Order, and I'm just like, really, like they're not there yet. Like, anyway, nothing against Everrise, but they're get they're getting their roses now, man. That's what matters. Yes, yes, they are. Um, so getting back to ISW because. Uh, just how, how, like, how do you come up with this shit, man? <laughs> um, honestly, uh, it was, it, it all started over a really stupid conversation on MSN messenger. That's how long ago this was because, you know, MSN messenger exists. There's probably people who are listening to this who weren't even alive when MSN messenger was a thing. So, um, but like, yeah, 2004, I was, uh, I was talking with some friends and, uh, we were all talking about how we had, but we had all watched uh, an evening with Kevin Smith. Okay. And in an evening with Kevin Smith, he tells a story about how he was going to make a Superman movie starring. I think it was. I think it was him who was making the movie starring Nick Cage, like Nicolas Cage, um, and Tim Burton was involved or something, or somebody was involved, and they they kept on trying to insert a giant mechanical spider into the in movie. the third act. Yeah. Yeah. And like Kevin Smith was pissed off. So then I messaged my friend and I'm talking about, yeah, like, this is great. You know, like it was, it was a great, it was really funny. And he just goes, yeah, all it did was make me want to wrestle a giant mechanical spider. And I was like, oh, that's funny. And then we started putting together this like stupid fake card where it's like, okay, well, you're going to wrestle a giant mechanical spider. Well, this person's going to do this and this person's going to do this. And then after a while, I started thinking like, yo, this, this could actually be kind of fun. Some of the some of the ideas we had are actually possible, you know. Like, so then, uh, you know, I was working a night shift, and I came home one day, and there was a rant from one of my friends. It was like, "We're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and it's gonna be like people are gonna fight, and it's gonna be like like uh, the birthplace of like interspecies combat or something." And I was like, "Whoa, interspecies! Like, that's kind of cool. Like interspecies wrestling sounds kind of cool." So basically, that's how that came to be just you know stupid msn a joke that went too far basically well it was it was a really good joke and <laughs> it but it, the thing that uh one of the things i loved i don't say the thing one of the things i loved you like you have guys that are like putting masks masks on or putting costumes on like number one i know you had guys that were working multiple gimmicks and you had times. you had yeah a few times and you had guys who had maybe not household names but names 
that were covering themselves up. Like you had like trained guys who were, who had started etching something into them. Yeah. And now there's something totally different. Like, how did you, how did you accomplish that? Well, like how, how do you get these guys on board? Well, like usually they come to me and they're like, I have this idea. I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, well then I alter it a bit and we make it work. But like there, there are other guys who um, are just kind of coming up. And then, like, they want to be part of it. And I'm like, well, how about we do this? And I put a gimmick on them. And then I bring them to the U.S. And then they blow up. And, like, they blow up under their mask gimmick. And people decide to book them without their mask in the U.S. Like, I, like we've made people, basically. Like, uh, by booking them with our silly gimmicks. And, uh, honestly, I don't know how I get people to do it. I think they, I think it's just the, the premise of... Uh, wrestling being fun and just wanting to have fun and not take it too seriously. So they'll just do anything. Now, what percentage would you say are like your brainchild and as opposed to other people who are coming to you and saying, I want to try this right now. I think the only gimmick in ISW that I didn't create is uh, Bastion snow, the crab. Okay. The guy, the guy behind that gimmick actually um, funny enough. He, uh, I met him on an old like a wrestling message board and he had pitched this gimmick and it's like, Oh yeah, I want to, I want this stable of crabs. I want like a hermit crab and a King crab. And he had like a whole bunch of them. And I thought it was funny. And then uh, I forgot that he was the one that pitched it. And I was like, yo, you're training to be a wrestler now. How about uh, I put this gimmick on you? Some guy on this message board told me about this crab gimmick. And he's like, oh, shit, that was me. And I'm like, well, then, fuck, let's go with it. You know, that makes it even cooler. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's like the one gimmick that I didn't think of. But um, like there are I do book gimmicks from like outside of ISW. Like like I've booked like Chikara guys. Uh, we've booked guys from like Portugal and the UK and like. Uh, so there's not everything is my creation, but most of the core stuff like Boris the Bear and the werewolf of well actually the werewolf of wall street's not even my creation that was a joey janela creation um but you know we couldn't get him to do it because he got too big so we put the gimmick <laughs> on somebody else um but yeah most of the stuff's mine it comes from my my fucked up brain now uh you uh you mentioned earlier again like the 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 uh social media thing that we kind of were going back and forth today uh about how uh, we met on a show that uh, that I was doing in Ottawa, and uh, you had said I had invited you guys. And there's you a did. small this there's a small correction. You actually contacted me because you were doing the roadkill. Uh, oh, stuff. that's true. Yes, we were doing the little tour. Yeah, like, where we were running. Yeah, and we, that yeah. that's not me saying like, dude, you came to me. No, I, you're I, right. <laughs> you're right. We did spot matches on a bunch of shows. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And and like and I, I the only reason I bring it up again, it's not me saying like, dude, you came to me. I didn't come to you. Is no, I'll, that, I'll admit it. I came to you. No, but when you came to me, I remember saying like, fuck, yeah, like <laughs> because yeah. I was a fan by this point, like, fuck, yeah. And yeah. I, I remember I, I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but I told someone I said, yeah, I'm, I'm having the ISW guys. And they said, oh, so you get a free match. I'm like, well, no, I'm paying them. And I'm like, yeah. and they're like, wait a second. So they're putting a match for their company on there. They're filming it. They're going to distribute it. And you're going to pay the guys. And I'm like, yeah. And they're, and they were like, 
well, that's fucking bullshit. Like, and I said, no, because I want the ISW guys on my fucking show. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm then so- if I if I recall correctly, you actually doubled their pay because you said they had to match the night. Um, I I, I know there was something. Yeah, there was something yeah. that I said like, guys, here, this is for you or something. You patted their envelopes because Stinky the Homeless guy was was pretty happy. Yeah. I, or it was something like, you know, they asked for something. And then, yeah, at the end of the night, I said, like, you know, there's or I, I gave it to them. There was extra in there. And I said, you guys deserve it. I can't remember exactly what happened. Yeah. So because that was. Oh, shit. That's like at least 10 years ago. It was it was a while. I think it was I want to say like 2008. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 2008. Yeah, because I met Addy at that show. That's when that's when Addy and I became friends. So, but yeah, like, but yeah, when the guy said like, that's bullshit, like they're, they're hosing you. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) The the fucked up thing is I could probably guess who that person was. I I won't say a name. Yeah. Let's just, just leave it. (laughs) That person and I are actually cool now. (laughs) Oh, are you? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm not cool with him, so we'll just won't bring it up. (laughs) Okay. That's, that's fine. I mean, listen, people are subjective. Uh, And then actually the same person, because when that DVD came out, with their match, you had yeah. my main event as an extra, and they got a hold of me on social media or somehow and said, "Like, are they paying you for that?" I'm like, "No." They asked if they could use it. I said, "Sure." <laughs> yeah, it was a good match too. Yeah, it was. So, yeah. but no, just uh, that was Uno, Zombified, and Stinky. Yeah, and yeah, that just like just the, the guys that 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 just owned their characters. And since I brought him up, um, you know, and it's happened twice now because I was a fan of Stinky. Yeah. And I was a fan of Lacor. Oh, and just these and the the similarity between the two of them is they both got sick and they both passed away. And well, nobody knew except for like the close Lacor. Lacor was was always sick. He had diabetes. Oh, Um. But, yeah. but and, didn't he develop something outside of the diabetes? No, I don't think so. I think oh, okay. that it was his diabetes. Like cuz he had he had uh he had had situations where he was hospitalized and like went to like diabetic comas and shit. Um he had diabetes pretty bad. He had he had uh managed it for quite a while. Like when I first met Lacor, he was a, he was a hefty guy. And uh he started managing his diabetes and working out and he lost a bunch of weight and he was doing better. And then I don't know what happened. Like I just know that he was supposed to be at a battle war show. They were waiting for him to show up and do merchandise and he never showed up. And, uh, uh, Mike DePonte, the promoter started kind of freaking out and he's just like, this is not like him, you know? So he started trying to call him and didn't get a hold of him. Nobody heard from him. And then the next day he, uh, he had the police perform a welfare check and, uh, they found him. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, that's just an, another, again, two examples of, you know, you just like you don't want to say a waste, but just like you two know, guys that, that the crazy just... thing the crazy thing about Lacor is like um just like Stinky, like when he passed away, like he was clearly universally loved. Like that guy, I'll admit it full out, he could have he could get annoying because he would always be pitching ideas, always be pitching, 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 and you think like, Oh god, Lacor, just stop, leave me alone, whatever. But like I would give anything to have him at a show now or even just writing a write-up after a show because like he made us all seem so much fucking cooler than we actually were with his write-ups you know like 
when he passed away, so many people messaged me on the internet like, yo, I, I loved Mike Ryan. He was the best, you know, like his stories were awesome. You know, um, I found out, I found ISW through his writing. You know, I found IWS through his writing. I found out about Kevin Steen through his writing. You know, like he made us all seem like we were fucking big time superstars when we were all just indie dudes making 10 bucks. <laughs> And, and he was kind of a shy guy because he didn't really when when we did that show in Ottawa, he didn't really talk to me much. He was pretty timid. Yes. Um, but once you got that guy going like he especially if you handed him a mic, he could talk <laughs> like. Well, and then. Uh, I can't where I was going with that. I'm going to have to edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> that just escaped me. But uh, oh, we were, well, we were talking about uh, you were doing the, the roadkill tour, but outside of that, you, you create all these characters and there must have been some promotions that are contacting these characters and saying, oh. and like, you know, come to come to us without going through you without saying, because mm-hmm. I, I think if I ever used someone, I think I, I reached out to you and said, yeah, hey, you did you, ask me. Yeah. You, do, do you mind I, this or do you, you know, and I think I you were going to book the panda once. Yes, and he I messaged did. me, I, and I was like, "I was like, hey, that didn't even me, man. Like that gimmick belongs to that guy." Yeah, so. and uh, yeah, actually, I think I did. I think uh, that, yeah. and that was only like four or five years ago. Yeah, and I reached out and I said, "Hey, do you mind uh, if I use the panda?" And you said, "Hey, contact this guy." Yeah, like, that's that's totally up to him. Yeah, he bought the costume, so it's all him. Yeah, and yeah. again, <laughs> did an amazing job. Actually, the, yeah. the the funny thing when he showed up uh, the next day. Um, I was taking my son because the pandas were in Toronto, but they were leaving. It was their last year here in uh, Toronto. Okay. And the next day I was taking my son and my wife to go see the pandas. And so I'm sitting there and I'm doing like the pre-show speech. And I looked right at him and I said, by the way, if this fucking show bombs, you're coming home with me, motherfucker. Like, because <laughs> my son wants to see some fucking pandas. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's just looking at me going, what? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, his English wasn't the best. So no. no, no, no. But he, but still he was just like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. So I could, I could picture it. Yeah. yeah. But um, I, I was saying like, people must've kind of gone end around you to get contact these guys. Yeah. Let me tell you, um, here's, here's an example. There's a promotion in Alabama. I won't mention their name. Uh, they're run by somebody who is a like white supremacist, uh, KKK sympathizer. Um, and he messaged me once and he's like, who's the artist who does your DVD covers? And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you copying my shit, you know, yeah. like, and then, um, people, Which I'm going to cut you off there for a second. Another amazing thing. Cause I think you pretty much originated the comic book type covers. Um, like, was it you or was it Chikara? I like, feel like we did it before Chikara. I but, feel like you did too. Because I but, found Chikara after I found you guys. They definitely did it better. <laughs> Do you think so? Oh, yeah. Quack had, uh, he had connections to actual comic book artists and stuff. I've, I've got those two now. I mean, in, in, in later years, yeah, I think we kicked their ass with covers. But um, they had some pretty sweet covers. They definitely did it better than us. Like, because back in the day, I was the one doing the covers and they weren't even that good. No. So. But, but yeah, I, I still think like that was another thing that obviously draw, drew me to you guys was was those covers. But anyway, you're talking about this, someone contacted promotion you. in Alabama. So anyway, the guy uh, starts contacting my wrestlers and they're like, hey, uh, this guy's contacting us, you know, um, like. Uh, 
can we go? Like, should we go? I said, no, don't do it. You know, like if, as long as like you're using one of my gimmicks that I've paid for, I don't want you going there. Like now, was this a spoken thing? Like off the bat, like I'm going to turn you into this, but if somebody contacts you, like, was this a conversation you had had or are people just loyal enough to you? Honestly, I think for the most part, like people can just do whatever the fuck they want as long as they're not, you know, damaging the character or, you know, like, like doing something, you know, stupid, like, like overly stupid. Um, but these guys like this, this promotion wanted these guys to do like a, like a, like a phony death match tournament where it was all like pool noodles and shit. It was going to be like, like just really dumb shit. But this guy's like super KKK, like fucking racist asshole, like Nazi sympathizer. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's better. You don't work for that guy. Um, and then like, even after that, like he started ripping us off. And like he started doing like Lego death matches and he started uh, like we have the king of crazy belt and he made the king of crazy shit belt. Like, OK, like it's just no original thought piece of shit racist. Fuck that guy. Don't want my guys working for him. <laughs> now them coming to you that that so that was like a loyalty thing. That wasn't. Yeah, that was them go, con- like contacting you saying, hey, do you mind if we. Yeah, no, if it we wasn't do even this? do you mind. It's like, hey, this guy's contacting us. What, what, should, what should we do? Oh, OK. I was like, listen, I'm not one to tell you not to work anywhere, but don't work for that guy. So, but was there like kind of an element of trust with everybody? Like when you put a gimmick on them that they're not going to root? Because you said like, as long as they're not doing stupid stuff. So there must've been some element of trust. Like I know that they're not I've, going to, to mess us I've up. I've had some people uh, work for like, like unsavory promotions using my gimmicks. And I've had to tell them like, Hey, you know, like uh, if you're going to work there, just don't wear my mask. Oh, okay. Because like, you know, I put I put money into that shit. Like I, I put time into designing it, and then I take time into finding the proper mask maker because mask makers are super hard to find now. And then I pay all this money, and then I get it made. And just for somebody to go ruin their character on another show, I don't want that. For like, sure. Like if you've got your own thing, do your own thing. Just you know, this is my cast of characters. Well, did it, did anybody ever kind of cross you? Like, you know, just don't go work for that guy. Like, well, screw you. I want to make money. No, obviously you don't have to make, you don't know. Okay. I was going to no, say, obviously I've, you don't have to name names, but I've honestly very rarely had to tell somebody like, Hey, don't use my gimmick there. Yeah. Um, I've had a promoter once contact me about, uh, using a gimmick. And I said, like, you know, you run close to me, so please just don't job out my gimmicks. And the guy said, well, that's my intention. I'm using him as a jobber. And I was like, well, then I, I'd rather you don't, you know, yeah. like I'd rather, I'd rather you not fucking make my shit look stupid. So close to home. And the guy did it anyway. Like he like just booked the guy anyway. So it kind of sucked, but, and it was a promoter I trusted and yeah, you know, no names, but yeah. Mm. All right, so let's get into this uh, million block movement. Which now that I t- now that I say it out loud, million block movement just sounds painful. Yeah. Um, you you have received two cease and desist letters now. Do, yeah. Do Do you look at this and go like, oh, what the fuck? Or do you look at this and go like, this is kind of fucking cool? Well, the first one I got, the first thing I did was show everybody. Yeah. Like, you got to see this. This is fucking hilarious because like. They didn't even send it directly to me. They they sent it to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees because we put a shirt design up and it was uh, it was shitty uh, 
uh, stomping on a raccoon and there's Lego blocks flying everywhere and there's Japanese writing. But when I sent them the design, they posted it and it said Lego Deathmatch. That's what they put as the title. Okay. And somebody ratted us out to Lego or they did a search. I'm not sure what happened, but we got a letter from their, their, um, their legal office, which is actually in Hartford, which is hilarious because we ran in Connecticut at the time. <laughs> and uh, They could have just walked like, down the street. <laughs> like, you know, we want to solve this amicably. Please just remove the shirt. And I just thought it was funny because, like, they don't even own the patent for the blocks because if they did, then Mega Blocks wouldn't exist. And, yes. you know, like, they'd be suing all these other fuckers making knockoff shit. But, like, all that's on there is the blocks. There's no writing that says Lego or anything. But just because they put Lego Deathmatch as the title for the, uh, the listing, we got in trouble. Um, the second one, whew, promoting our biggest show ever, WrestleMania weekend in uh, New Jersey. And um, the guy who made my poster put the Lego logo on it. And, oh, okay. Uh, so Lego's like, you know, listen, just please take it down. Um, please, like, take it down. We don't want people to think that this is a Lego promoted event. And I got that completely. Like, I wasn't even going to be a dick about it. I'm just like, you know, honestly, you're fucking, you're in the right. Yeah. So I'm going to stop doing that. Plus, the same the same weekend actually as as our show i think it was the next day they were running like a like a lego convention or something like 20 minutes away <laughs> so like that's why they were that's why they were pissed off because it's like we have a lego event happening we don't want people to think that your event is a, a sanctioned lego event yeah so you know it's pretty cool uh i've i've made i've made a statement where um if uh somebody donates a shitload of blocks, I'll send them an autographed copy of my cease and desist letters. And has anybody taken you up on this yet? No, not yet. Um, we've, we've had one person make a very massive purchase on our uh, Amazon wish list, but uh, they have not said whether or not they want the cease and desist. Oh, okay. So, how, okay. So how long has this been going now? A little under a week? Less than a week, yeah. It started on Monday, and today's Saturday. Okay, so I don't know when this interview is going to come out, but let's. So we're talking about yeah, six days. Yeah, um, February first is when it started. Okay, so how how far along are you going now? Like, do you how have a gauge? Uh, I didn't. I haven't posted a gauge or anything, but I had twenty two thousand yesterday, and like that's not even counting what I have at home, like. We have in Connecticut, we have a tub with like 45,000 pieces in it from a previous Lego deathmatch. And I've got a couple bins in my room and like plus 22,000. And then we've got another 5,500 coming from this one person because these boxes are in 1,100. There's okay. 1,100. There's 5,500 coming from one person. And then I got a message yesterday saying, hey, I just bought two. And then I got a message today from somebody else saying, hey, I just bought three. So that's another 10,000 or no, 11,000. Yeah, 11,000 coming. So if we okay. keep this up, like within a year, we could hit a million. Like we're on, we're trending towards that. So can you, like, do, do you have an end game in your head? End game in my head is like where just, and who and, um, because I know Honestly, you, I know you posted, you know, with all due respect, guys, I'm not looking for volunteers right now. I'm not. And but in your head, 
like the creative guy that you are, do you have an end game envisioned well, in your head? I don't think I can run this without Addy. Okay. And you, you mentioned your show earlier and I told you that was where I met Addy. And I mean, look at where things are now, right? Yeah. She's the one who took the match international. She brought, when she moved to England to teach, she took it to England and she did Lego death matches in England. And, uh, you know, like she is the fucking personification of Lego death match. And I met her at your show. So she has to be in this thing. There's no way we could not have her in this thing. Um, uh, our champion, I do want to say something about Addy. Uh, uh, I saw her at a show in Brantford, uh, a year ago, maybe a year and a half. So I hadn't seen her for a long time. Right. And I walked up to say hi to her and like, she's talking to someone. She turns around, sees me. I said, Hey, how's it going? She's like, good. You turns back, talks to the person again uh-huh. and then spins around and goes, Oh my God, it's you. That's <laughs> and funny. And I'm just like, who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause all you said was, Oh my God, it's you. And she, and she's just like, um, um, Matt. And I'm yeah. just like, yes. And she, cause I didn't, Oh my God, it's you. Okay. Who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> before we get on but yeah just and uh she was like you know huge hug and everything oh my god like how are you doing and that's addy that's yeah. addy for you all right so addy uh tara calloway our, our current champion tara calloway um she's she is a bad bad motherfucker too like she does the deathmatch stuff just like addy you know she does like the light tubes the lego all that stuff and she would definitely be in it, but it's all depending on when it's going to be now because she recently injured herself and has to get like full like knee reconstruction. So, um, but her husband, Jeff Cannonball is, uh, one of our other title holders. And I mean, he's like somebody I speak to more than anybody. And when I came up with this idea, he was the first person I ran it by. Yeah. And I ran it by him by asking, hey, do you want to be in the dumbest fucking match in the history of wrestling? <laughs> and, and just got fucked. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> he responded, yes. So he's, he's definitely going to be in that thing as well. I'm not sure if it's going to be one match or two matches. I mean, if we get a million blocks, I might just do a whole fucking show of, of, of uh, these colorful building block death matches. And I'll just call it like, I don't know, Mike Roch's block party or something. You know, I just... I just want to have fun, do something dumb and have something that people remember me by. And I think this is it. What I, what I love about that is um, I, I don't know if it was your tagline or you know, a tagline that I found or I saw somewhere. And it was kind of like, have you ever stepped on a piece of your kid's Lego and just like one piece and how much that hurt? Yeah. And then just like multiply that by a thousand. Yeah. With your body weight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but it's true. It's, it probably hurts more than thumbtacks. It probably hurts more than, you know, getting hit with a chair. It, it, yeah. I like, I like to say that thumbtacks are for pinning up uh, Justin Bieber posters in teenage girls' bedrooms. Yeah. Well, (laughs) but just, it's, it's just so true. It's, I, I have the uh, as silly as it sounds, the utmost respect for people who get slammed onto Lego, and oh. then you have a million oh, yeah, pieces and, for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah, like I, I, I don't see like if I got a million pieces, I don't think I'd put them on the ring though. I think I'd build some things. Like, um, I definitely want to build a c- table completely out of Lego somehow. Like, 
Well, that, that's something how... actually I was going to ask. I have it written here in front of me. Like, would you build weapons? Like, is that oh, absolutely, one <laughs> absolutely. So, like, it just uh, like a steel chair or not a steel chair, but <laughs> like um, a Lego chair, Lego table. Well, when we did our we did our big match at WrestleMania weekend, I bought some uh, I bought some door slabs and I uh, I bought you know like the little like pointy Lego pine trees. Yes. I bought a bunch of those and stuck them to a door. And actually, I can see one from where I'm sitting. One of my sons is. I can see it from where oh I'm my fucking God. sitting. <laughs> so I, I thought, like, if I stuck those to a door, it would be almost like like a Lego bed of nails type thing. So I stuck. I bought a bunch of them. And that was not cheap just to buy those stupid doors. Yeah. I mean, not the stupid doors, the stupid trees. They were so freaking expensive. But I bought a lot of them because I was putting my all into this show. And, uh, yeah. It was a pretty cool visual. And and how did that feel or I don't know. I didn't bump on it. Well, the person who did who did who did take it? Um, I'm not sure. I think it might have been Cannonball. Because oh, okay. uh, the match opened with Addy spearing him through a door. So I think that might have been the door. I I reviewed a uh death match down under show last week. Or maybe it was two weeks. It doesn't I play happen. video games with the promoters like every night. <laughs> oh, of, of Deathmatch Down Under? Yep. I, but I, I reviewed one of their shows, and one of the things they pulled out was I think it was a door or, yeah. or plywood, and it cans. Yes. And they had cut them in half, and I had never seen that before. Yeah, that's, that's a big Deathmatch thing now, the, the cut cans. Like, I think that Deathmatches are kind of going too far. I think that. In the grand scheme of things right now, Lego is pretty tame. Yeah. And that's scary in itself. Like, because Lego is super painful, but you get all like there's a bunch of people out there playing this can you top this game right now? I swear. Like uh um IWTV, they aired they, for some reason they aired this backyard deathmatch show, and the first three spots of the match were guys getting thrown off of the roofs of houses through shit. And it's just like who needs to die before we fucking stop this shit? Like, like using gusset plates and stuff. Those are they're terrifying to me. I find like, and now like, I watched a death match today where somebody went under the ring and pulled out a board with fucking knives on it. Like, yeah, how yeah. far do we have to go? You know what I mean? Like, 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 I, I thought light tubes was excessive. They're they're cool as fuck because I love like like pop and everything. Great visual, but. To go further than that is is scary, and they're just gonna keep going further. Like it's there's gonna be fucking fans bring the shotgun matches someday. I swear to God. Yeah, it's it's for a couple of years now. Like I th- I think it was, oh, it, uh, when uh, oh now it escapes me. Fuck, I'm getting old. Um, I feel you. Who 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 uh, didn't jump off the rope or the roof, but threw someone off a roof? Uh, was it Joey Janela? He went off a roof. Maybe it was Joey. Yeah, he went off a roof with uh, John Zandig. It was all yes, over. Like, yes, yes, It was yes, all yes, over, yes. like, the media and everything. It was crazy. Yes, yes. It was, Once you said Zandig, that's right, it was them. Um, I When I saw that, I just, I, okay, like, this is the, the, the tipping point. Like, this is... Yeah, Zandig broke his back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, like, this is the tipping point. This is where people are going to, like, all right, like, let, let's back up now. But then, no, like, people are still coming up with, like, oh, I can They're top trying that. to top it. They're trying to top it, and like I've seen, I've seen death matches now where it's like people are, are you know, the guys are wrestling, and then they got like 
the ring crew setting up like this elaborate thing and it's just like come on like not only is that like dangerous because it's all glass on top of shit but it looks fake as fuck because it's like okay guys this is the part where we have to build this thing for them so they can like you know like inconspicuously climb up this fucking ladder up to on top of this shed and fall through it like come on guys now so what is uh because okay so we got about a year for the million block movement yeah is, what, well, it's, what... it's it's we're gonna do it whenever it's safe honestly like i don't see it being safe before uh, say october and to me that's fine because right now like i i made the decision during uh quarantine to just go back to school and i'm in school until october so like ideally after i finish school is when it would be the right time to do this and what is it you're going to school for I'm currently doing business management and business business administration, which is funny because like I've run a wrestling business, uh, like a full on business. Like I've paid my bills with ISW. Yeah, and, uh, I've been running it for 15 years and didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and now I'm learning. It's great. <laughs> and now you're sitting there in class, going, "Really? I can do that?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like there's some things where it's just like I'm like acing exams. Like I'm getting the best grades I've ever gotten in my life. Yeah. And it's, like, because of all stuff I've had to do and learn through wrestling, like, uh, like uh, using, you know, doing spreadsheets and shit like that. I, I've done that to fucking uh, do like merch totals and stuff, you know, like uh, I, I knew all that already. <laughs> it's cool. So you uh, this past Monday was the first episode of uh, the ISW show on IWTV. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be like a like I don't know what they're going to do with any any more live broadcasts of it, but uh I'm definitely going to compile more of our shows and uh put them up there. So are you are you a fan of the IWTV? I love IWTV. IWTV's uh founder is actually like an old friend of mine. Uh Durling? Yep. Yes. Yep, wrestled for me, wrestled for C4. Uh good friend except for the time that uh he broke my mom's hand okay and you can't just okay oh no i'm, t- I'm gonna tell you about okay it let's hear it because i want him to fucking hear it <laughs> uh my mom oh and we're gonna make this worse okay we're gonna make this real bad okay 2006 i ran a show in gatineau it was a double header with iws uh we ran the morning show uh my mom sat in the front row and at this point, my mom was going through radiation, so she was bald and, you know, had cancer, and Gerard's wrestling, and, you know, he goes for a dive and lands on my mom, and if you watch it on tape, you see my mom, okay, well, I'm fine, and then she looks at her hand, and her hand's like, a f- got a fucking softball on it instantly, and uh, so, like, he, he feels awful about it. He's like, and he wore a mask when he wrestled and he's like i want to give her my mask he's like i just want to give her my mask and apologize but then she'll have the mask of the asshole that broke her hand and she'll be forever angry (laughs) and i was like nah don't worry about it but i've bugged him about it for years and only revealed to him last year that he didn't actually break her hand her finger just popped out of place and went back in (laughs) so it was like a never-ending rib and i'm sure he'll get me back someday but yeah, well, he's a great I, dude. He's a great dude, and I fucking love IWTV. Like, it's 
a better way to monetize your product i find oh for sure yeah and and like i uh i did i did a show here in hamilton uh, i was ring announcing and he gave uh a lot of people like passwords to the site mm-hmm. so like i i watch it constantly um but i was going to say like guys like uh like you and c4 and everything i i love the way like well c4 they keep putting out the mixtapes yeah and again another way like during the pandemic just like take take your footage take your stuff yep and and put it out there and this is not an advertisement for iwtv because they don't pay me they could but they don't i'll put them over all day i don't care oh yeah yeah so will i i i say that all the time on uh, on the podcast just like yeah. you know they're not a sponsor but you know go they don't need to be we just no. love them yeah exactly exactly yeah. and i say like go on there uh you can get 20 days free and 20 days sounds like a lot, but there's a lot of good shit on there in like 20 days. Well, like, what's cool is like, um, you know, I'm putting all my old footage up now and a lot of these wrestling fans weren't fans back then. So what's old is new again to them. And it's great. Yeah. It, it, I, well, I, even to me, like I watched the first episode and I was just sitting there watching like, oh, like giant tiger and beef wellington and like just, man and we I'm, were so fucking cool back then and i'm just wa- like oh my god i remember this fucking shit and then like and then uh steen comes out at the end and you're just oh my god like look at him like <laughs> yeah no beard baby face yeah no beard and uh maybe a little little slimmer than he is now but well, everybody in that match was slimmer uno uh Stu and steen it's like before they had money to eat yeah <laughs> you know but yeah, it's just like okay, giant tiger. Yes. <laughs> like, like okay, this is—is is this your brainchild? Nope. Uh, oh, it's not. It's funny. Um, when uh, when we first started working for CPW in like two thousand two, um, we originally started like working with them because we wanted to be part of their next class in their wrestling school. Okay. And my friend Chris Wright. Uh, bought a tiger mask and he's like yo my gimmick's gonna be giant tiger and i'm gonna be like a fucking luchador but like i have a retail job (laughs) and i was like yo that's funny as shit so then when we started isw um i was like chris i want to make that gimmick into something so he gave me the mask and I gave it to the guy who portrayed Giant Tiger. And I'm like, yo, man, I just want you to be called Giant Tiger. And he didn't understand it because Giant Tiger is apparently an Ottawa-based uh, like company. And they didn't have it where he lived. <laughs> so he's just like, you want me to? Okay. He's like, all right, cool. So I got him like a Giant Tiger uniform because a girl I knew worked there. And she just grabbed one for me. And uh, he, uh, he, he took it in his own direction. He was immediately just like a fucking deranged individual in a tiger mask and i was like you know what i love it let's go and it just got crazier and crazier and crazier and it was all him it was all him because i I just because like that first episode i'm watching he cuts that promo (laughs) where he's got his dick tucked between his legs yep I didn't know if I should block that out or not but that's that's why i made the disclaimer at the beginning telling people they might see some man ass and just and i remember like even now i look at it and go what the fuck like yeah i and i don't just, know what we were thinking and like i i'm tired of your dad's ass i'm going to fuck your ass and just the funniest thing ever was one time uh 
Mike Quackenbush from Chikara messaged me and he was like, uh, I keep hearing great things about this fat tiger guy. Um, how can I book him? And I just told him, I'm like, you can't book him. And he's like, why does he just whip his dick out? I'm like everything, but like you cannot fucking book him on a family friendly show. Like that's a, no, you don't want this. <laughs> so, you know, that and, never happened. And like, and you talk like, uh, again, like the, the gimmick was, you know, this drunk, just, uh, <laughs> I don't even really, just it was almost tr- like at that point of his life, it was, uh, it was, it was art imitating life. Like he was going through some shit and he put it into the gimmick and holy shit. Like I had no idea even like. I thought it was all a character. Then I found out later he was actually going through shit. Well, and and, and is he doing better now? He's much better now. All right, glad to hear that. Yeah. But I was where I was going was in the ring, like his timing and yeah, his just his ability to 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 know when to do something and when to but say something. The thing I say about Giant Tiger is he was really good at wrestling badly yes like and like because he could wrestle like that's i don't think that's a secret i think people could figure that out that he was doing this on purpose yes yeah and like to, you could tell like what what he was doing okay like it's it, it mm-hmm. it's he's wrestling badly but wink wink nudge nudge you can tell he's yep. wrestling badly well but he's good at it yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah so just, I still remember the first time he yelled out Razor Ramon move. And I was yes. like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and then he, he did it and he fell on his face and the crowd just fucking erupted. And I'm like, my God, this guy is a star. Like, and, and even just telling the crowd to shut up, like, yeah, just well, like the timing, uh, it, like he would say something and everybody like, yeah, and he just yeah, like, exactly. Shut up! Hey guys, do you want to see me do this? And they're like, "Yeah, shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> and oh, like he was so perfect. I yeah. and and that's just one example. Like, oh, like ISW is such a treasure that it is. I mean, we have our detractors, but I mean, Jim Cornette discovered us recently. Oh, did he? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can and, just imagine. Oh, yeah, but all the comments on my videos are like, Jim Cornette sent me. Fuck Pizzeria Uno. It's like, who the fuck? Oh, okay. I guess that's his nickname for Uno. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, I'm not even like a stone cold, like, uh, Jim Cornette hater. Like, uh, I listen to his podcast for background noise just because I really think he tells a great story. He but does. He does. He he puts on fake outrage to sell t-shirts. Oh yeah. To his small-minded fans. And it works. I mean, I can't you can't knock the hustle. I mean, like no. he's he's a guy who's in the wrestling business but also isn't because nobody uses him, but he's still making money. So fuck it, you know. You do you, boo. All right. So I want to I want to close this off. We just talked about Giant Tiger. I want I want you to tell me cuz something I I also know about you is and I think you've said this to me in the past. You want you don't want to be in the spotlight. No. I I think it was actually the show the, the show we were talking about with uh with Stinky and Zombified and yeah. Uno. 
I said, do you want a ring announcer? Do you want a referee? Or don't? And I think that's right. Now that it comes back to me, you said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be yeah. in the spotlight. No, it's not about me. Like, no. it, it really isn't. Like, and uh, uh, and by, by the way, anybody that's listening, okay, you listen to this motherfucker on commentary. You were a master on commentary, too. <laughs> I, and I swear to God, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I might be tickling your taint a little bit, but I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I want you to tell me some of your other or some of your other like highlights, whether it's your creations or just what, what is the pinnacle of ISW? Um, well, you know, we've always had like the whole, um, we are wrestling for people who don't like wrestling. And I love that. Like, I love that you come to an ISW show and the crowd will be split. You know, you get your diehards wearing wrestling t-shirts and a lot of the other people there, are just there because it's a party with you know where they can socialize with their friends and they take then they turn their head to the left and there's a big drunk tiger fucking threatening to sodomize beef wellington <laughs> you know like i i took pride in the fact that we were wrestling for people who don't like wrestling and i mean there's a local promoter here who had a real problem with me and he would tell people it's not wrestling it's not wrestling and at first i got offended but then i came up with the response well you know, if we're not wrestling, then we're something that's fucking cooler than wrestling. And that's how I keep trying to be, you know, like I try to stay unique. Um, I do my own thing. I've got my core group that I use, you know, actually it's funny. Another promoter once told me, he's like, yeah, well you just book your friends. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, should I apologize for the fact that my friends are some of the best guys in the Indies right now? Like, like, who doesn't want to book and, you know, run a production with people that they, for one, trust and two, enjoy being around? Yeah, especially when they can do the fucking job. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's it, man. I just, I like having fun and I like uh, being able to promote a show that's for literally fucking anybody who likes to have fun. And We're where are you promoting out of now? Uh, right now we're promoting out of. Actually, we promote out of. We promote out of the reservation, uh, Kanawaki, Quebec. Oh, okay. We do, we do shows there. Um, we've been doing shows in New Jersey, and we were going to go back to Connecticut, but COVID happened, which sucks because Connecticut was where we had our fucking glory days and and got you know super awesome. Yeah. Um, that ended because our venue shut down and then we started booking, uh, we booked another venue and found out that the, uh, the, uh, guy who owned it ran a Ponzi scheme and, uh, one of the people that he ripped off went into the venue because he couldn't get his money and smashed up their, uh, their sprinkler system so that, uh, they had to shut down because you can't run without, you know, fire safety shit. Yeah. So we stopped running in Connecticut for that reason. We couldn't find another venue after that. And uh, we were going to go back and I was really looking forward to it. And Yeah. So it, it, Jersey and, and Quebec and who knows, maybe I'll do something in Ottawa again someday. But it's, I find this city kind of cutthroat. <laughs> is, is there nothing imminent right now? Uh, no, not right now. Um, I mean, our champions still defend their belts elsewhere. So uh, our name is still out there. And the million block thing, um, 
it's not only like like a like a dream project for me, but it's also a way to keep us out there as well. Like, there's more people talking about us right now than there has been in a while because of this. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, uh, I'm gonna start doing like a like a Twitch stream where I I uh, show the Lego death matches and do commentary on them with people, and you know, I'm I'm gonna do whatever I can to keep our name out there so that we're still, you know, somewhat popular. And then when we can come back and do this thing, this big fucking crazy. I keep I keep saying Lego, but I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> colored block, colored. I call I like to call them Danish death bricks. Okay, but uh, do the Danish <laughs> death brick death match, and uh, you know, hopefully we can have a crowd because you never know what restrictions are going to be like even after all this. Yeah, and do it big. All right. So if people want to find interspecies wrestling, and I can't I can't tickle your taint enough. Like <laughs> anybody listening to this, go find interspecies wrestling. How do they find it? Uh, well, interspeciesWrestling.com now leads to the uh, One Million Block website, which is also OneMillionBlocks.com. Okay. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at ISDub. Same thing for Instagram at ISDub. Um, we're on Facebook as well. Just search for us. Uh, but most of all, we are on IWTV, and we directly benefit from all of your views. So watch all of our shit. Even if you're doing something else, even if you're going to go out grocery shopping, put on our shows and just let them fucking play. Do you have a code? I do have a code. Promo code ISDUB. I-S-D-U-B. I-S-W-D-U-B? I-S-D-U-B. And, and, and what is, what's the benefit? Is it the 20-day? Uh, I think it's only five days now, isn't it? Oh, I, I don't know. It's changed. <laughs> it's definitely changed. It's, oh, okay. it's either five or seven. But either way, you can fucking cram a lot of wrestling into five days. And, and I, I, I tell people, or I've told people, you can go on there and you can see what the content is before you yeah. sign up and you know you do have to give them a credit card just to prove you have one but then you yeah. can just take it right or back. even a paypal you can even use a paypal account yeah like you that. can use a paypal but i've told people go on there look through the content write it down what you want to watch yep plan this because i they think have, they have a watch list feature now yes they do and yeah. they, they've had that for a while but yeah like go on there check out the content figure out what you want to see uh, and then, then do the whole, okay, give me my free trial and then go to it. Cause you, you're And you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take a week off of work. Cause <laughs> you're going to discover like new wrestlers. You're going to discover new promotions. You're going to discover so much. You're going to discover that there's, there's indie wrestling in places where you didn't even know there was wrestling, you know? Oh like, yeah. Like I, I've, I've, I watch, uh, like stuff from down South stuff from Mexico stuff mm. from just, all over and all different tastes. There's there's deathmatch promotions. There's yeah. interspecies on there. Chikara there's a deathmatch promotion promotion that runs in a fucking Mexican junkyard. Yes, Zona Twenty Three definitely I, worth a watch. I haven't watched them yet, but they're on the to do list. Yeah, like, it's just and or you got like C fours on there, Alpha ones on there, um, and just yeah, like you can find good, bad, and ugly on there. Yeah, there's just, there's everything. There's, yes. there's all the flavors, man. <laughs> all right, Mike, thank you so much for doing this. Um, it's good to talk to you. I haven't talked to you like face to face since I yeah, think Yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, it has. Can, but, can uh, I say one more thing? Of course you can. Okay. I gotta plug one million blocks.com. Guys, we are trying to get one million uh Danish death bricks L three G O blocks. <laughs> and uh we're going to put on the craziest, biggest, dumbest wrestling match in history, and you can be part of history. Either send us your blocks, and we'll sanitize them and bleach them before they're used, 
or you can go on uh, 1millionblogs.com and there's links to our wish list and you can actually buy some blocks. There's a company called Lucky Doug, which makes really cheap blocks. And uh, we've been getting a bunch of those. I think they should be our sponsor. I think it should be the Lucky Doug Deathmatch. But I digress. Go to 1millionblocks.com. Support this shit. Um, you're going to be part of this match. Like, you are part of this fucking match. You send us blocks. I'm putting your name on them. They're going to be in the match. So basically, somebody falls on that shit. They get hurt. You hurt them. It's your fault. Come on. Have fun with us. 1millionblocks.com. All right, Mike. Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. And, Dude, thanks uh, for having me. And I I I look forward to everything uh, that you do from here on in, and I look forward to seeing everything again. What, what yeah. you've done in the past. Thanks, man. I really appreciate this. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. You too. Bye. All right, class. I'm not going to keep you uh, too much past the bell. Um, uh, thank you so much to uh, Mike Roch for for being on the show. It was great uh, chatting with him and uh, and uh, you know d- discussing all kinds of great stuff, uh, especially uh, the stupidest ever match in wrestling. His words, not mine. You heard him say it. Uh, I'm gonna throw the link to the One Million Block um, website in in the description of this podcast so uh you don't need a pen and paper i'll uh, i'll get that up up there for you as well i mentioned in the monologue about how the podcast is expanding how networks have been reaching out and uh and asking uh us to bring it's time to fight onto their network uh which again just blows my mind and just absolutely makes me ecstatic uh, but I, I did want to acknowledge him. I didn't give him acknowledgement then, uh, and that was a mistake. Uh, Wrestling with Genres, we're going on there. Uh, it's, a, it's a great website. Go check that out. Lots of great content on there. Uh, OIW Podcast Network. Uh, we've actually been a part of them for a long time. Even during the hiatus, they have been very supportive of the It's Time to Fight podcast. So the OIW Podcast Network, again, lots of great content over there. Uh, soon we're going to get up on the Canadian Wrestling Network. Uh, that's uh, It's us that are kind of dragging our feet. Uh, just We're not really dragging our feet or procrastinating. It's just we, uh, d- between home and life and podcast, it's been kind of hard to get everything around, but we are going to get up on the Canadian Wrestling Network. Again, we'll throw a link up there in the description of this podcast. As well, Intelligent Vagrant, uh, we're going to be getting up there. Uh, that's going to be at intelligentvagrant.ca. Uh, they uh, they handle a lot of different podcasts, not just wrestling, but uh, different podcasts, different webcasts, uh, different live streams, things like that. Uh, they were supposed to launch on the same day that you're listening to this podcast, on March 2nd, uh, 2021. Uh, but they did run into a bit of a glitch. Um However, it sounds like that the the glitch is going to be fixed, or uh, at least they're in search for the glitch. Um, but they will get that up there, and we will proudly, proudly, proudly uh, get on to the Intelligent Vagrant uh, Network. So uh, again, uh, the links to all of those, uh, including the One Million Block uh, website, they're all going to be in the description of this podcast. Go check them out. Uh, again, lots of great content, lots of uh, lots of great stuff to listen to. Uh, you're obviously wrestling fans because you're listening, so there's a lot of great wrestling content on all of those websites. Again, thank you, folks. I'm, I'm going to try not to be emotional again. 
Hopefully the emotion is out of me by next week. Next week, I'm going to have the Gatriarch, uh, Dylan McQueen. Usually I'm not into uh, announcing my guests, but everyone says, you know, you really should announce your guests for the, for the next week. I don't know why. All my favorite podcasters don't do it. But everybody, can, you should announce it. And maybe I'm just answering to the small demographic. But next week, I'm going to have the Gatriarch, Dylan McQueen. Uh, Mike Roch, a bit of a different cat. Dylan McQueen, bit of a different cat. That's kind of the theme that we're going to try to uh, to maintain here. Back on It's Time to Fight podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for uh, for clicking on that play button and for uh, for listening straight through. Um, I really appreciate coming into your homes, coming into your to your gym sessions. You know, sitting in the office, riding in the car, whatever this might be. Um, I am genuinely humbled. Uh, to be back in all of these situations. And, um, yeah, I, I know I'm breaking tradition by announcing next week's guest. I'm breaking tradition by, uh, you know, letting you a little bit more into my personal life. But the one tradition I will never, ever, 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 ever stop for all the podcasts that I've ever done, anything I've ever produced, at the very end, I always have to remind Isaac... I love you, buddy. I love you, too.